Move by Mamma Mia is the exercise app for anybody, anywhere. Yes, that could mean you too. The workouts have been designed to fit into your life so you can move when you can. The 15 minutes you can squeeze in before work. The 20 minutes you get to yourself while the baby naps. The half hour you can spare at lunch. There's a routine for you no matter what your day looks like. A reminder as well, this is included in your Mum Mia subscription. If you are a Mum Mia subscriber, you already have access to Move. Download the Move app and log in with your Mum Mia login. Head to move.mamamia.com.au and use code MOVE10 to get $10 off a yearly subscription. You're listening to a Mamma Mia podcast. From Mamma Mia, welcome to The Spill, your daily pop culture fix. I'm Key Reese. I'm Karen Donnelly. I'm the pop culture editor here at Mamma Mia and I'm being Laura Brodnick this week. You are and you are doing a splendid job of it. For today's deep dive, YouTuber Jake Paul is under fire this week with allegations of sexual assault from TikTok star Justine Paradise. He is the third YouTuber to be accused in as many weeks of sexual assault. Today, we talk about the dark side of YouTube fame and its reckoning. But before we hop into that, we have the entertainment news headlines of the day. I have news. What's the hot gas? I want more headlines. So last night we witnessed possibly the most dramatic final vows in Married at First Sight history. Liam and Georgia, who you'll remember from their wedding approximately three weeks ago, they seemed like they were perfect for each other. They're both a bit quirky and Georgia was very accepting of Liam's sexuality, which was something he was worried about when meeting a potential partner. But then at the last dinner party during the Honesty Box Challenge, Liam told Georgia his friends and family would never accept her. He basically said she was too into her appearance, she liked pink too much, the colour, not the singer, and his friends just wouldn't like her. He was quite blunt about it and it really shocked Georgia. At their final vows, Liam told Georgia he loved her, despite her loving pink. During her final vows, Georgia told Liam exactly how he made her feel at the dinner party. The next day, I was met with hostility and defensiveness. You gaslighted me, you manipulated the blame, and you tried to put your insecurities onto me. I know who I am and what I stand for, and I will not accept that behaviour now or ever. All I asked for was someone to love me for exactly who I am, be open-minded, and treat me with respect. You did none of these things. Yep, Georgia gave us the final vows we desperately wanted from Melissa but (laughs) didn't get the other night. She then went on to say that she loves Liam and wants to be with him anyway, which is interesting, and then Liam responded. Yes, I love you, but hearing those vows, you don't know me. You don't know me at all. I'm so sorry. Don't be sorry. (laughs) After that, Georgia dramatically threw her cue cards on the ground. I'm loving the cue card action this season. And told Liam the ball was in his court. He said they should just call it quits and then he walked away. Georgia took off her wedding ring and threw it on the ground. And that was the end of that couple. I guess we'll find out what happened after those vows at tonight's reunion dinner party. Ooh, I can't wait. And then it's over. Yay. 
famed voiceover artist and actor Hank Azaria was a guest on Monday's episode of Armchair Expert with Jack Shepard. In it, they spoke about Hank's 31-year career on The Simpsons, voicing characters like Chief Wiggum, Moe and Apu. Following the release of a 2017 documentary, The Problem with Apu, and the growing criticism of the show's use of offensive stereotypes, the character of Apu, an Indian convenience store owner, was wrested from the show and in January 2020, Hank, who was white, announced he would no longer voice the character of Apu. In the lead-up to Hank's decision to no longer voice Apu, he revealed he spent a year of doing the work, speaking to the people who knew a lot about racism, attending seminars, and speaking to members of the Indian community. And it was through that work he realised how unaware he was, and although the intentions were good, there were negative consequences, and he is very much accountable for that. He talked about the importance of recognising that Apu was the only mainstream representation of an Indian person in popular culture and the real-world consequences of the stereotypes this character perpetuated. And then he did something quite special, which is what's hitting the headlines today. He apologised. I really do apologise. I know this, you weren't asking for that, but it's important. You know, I apologise for my part in creating that, in participating in that. And in response to those who criticise his stance and ask where this PC culture ends, well, he had this to say. Here's the thing, is if it's a character of colour in particular, please, let's have that person voice the character. A, it's more authentic. B, they might not only bring an authentic voice to it, but the experience of, of their culturization to it. And let's not take jobs away from people who, who don't have enough. It's a really great interview. We will link the episode of that podcast in our show notes. And it's just a really great example of someone willing to do the work to really become aware of their privilege and then be actively anti-racist. It's the best example that I have seen in a celebrity to date. Yeah, it's really interesting just to see someone step up and be really frank and honest about that and take accountability. We're rounding out the headlines today with some news from our favourite reformed bad boy. Pop superstar Justin Bieber covers the May issue of GQ. In the accompanying cover story titled The Redemption of Justin Bieber, he talks about his journey from a child star who made a lot of mistakes to the grounded happy man he is today. And while many in his inner circle, including himself, cite his relationship and subsequent marriage to Haley Baldwin Bieber being his saving grace, Justin was really honest about the fact that his marriage has had its struggles, saying, The first year of marriage was really tough because there was a lot, going back into the trauma stuff. There was just a lack of trust. There were all these things that you don't want to admit to the person that you're with because it's scary. You don't want to scare them off by saying, I'm scared. He went on to say that he spent that first year on eggshells, but at some point he actually started to believe, which is very appropriate for him. <laughs> but don't worry, they got over the hurdle and are now creating moments and memories to last a lifetime. I thought this was really interesting because on Instagram and social media and everything like that, they seem like quite the perfect couple. And I think for impressionable young people, it's not really the realistic thing of marriage. Not that I'm a negative Nancy, but I think it's it's good for him to talk openly and honestly about their struggles just to give the context of what marriage is really like. Yeah, definitely. And I think, you know, they were very young and they hadn't known each other for very long yeah. when they got married. So if they weren't having problems, I think that would be really surprising. I agree. Just a heads up, this segment discusses sexual assault. If you need help, please call 1-800-RESPECT. It seems like YouTube may be in the midst of their own Me Too movement. In the past month, three of the biggest stars on YouTube have faced allegations of sexual assault and sexual harassment. 
On March 16, a woman alleged that Dom Dirt, a member of David Dobrik's vlog squad, raped her after they filmed a video about group sex together. In February, a 16-year-old boy claimed YouTube personality, James Charles, pressured him into exchanging illicit photos on Snapchat. Since then, four more teenage boys have come forward with similar allegations. Then this week, TikTok star Justine Paradise came forward with allegations that Jake Paul forced her to perform oral sex on him when she visited his Team 10 house, where he lives and works with several other YouTubers, in July 2019. She outlined the allegations in a 20-minute long video on YouTube. In the video, Paradise said she had visited the house several times before the alleged assault occurred. During this visit, Paradise alleges Jake Paul kissed her in the corner of the studio and then led her upstairs to his bedroom. She told him she didn't want to do anything sexual with him. She alleges he then led her to the bed and forced her to perform oral sex on him. What am I supposed to do? He was literally, I was still laying down. He was on top of me and like holding my head like into him. I couldn't even tell him not to. He didn't ask for consent or anything like he knew I didn't want to do anything with him because he said if nothing's gonna happen what's the point I just can't get over how young she sounds well Jake Paul has denied the allegations and since released a statement from his lawyer the statement reads our client is aware of the recent allegation against him while others have already begun to debunk the claim alleged against him our client categorically denies the allegation and has every intention of aggressively disproving it and pursuing legal action against those responsible for the defamation of his character. They finish with our client believes that any false allegations diminish the credibility of those who have truly been victims of misconduct. So there's a lot to unpack here. And well, I don't think we're going to necessarily comment on the allegations themselves, but just more about YouTube and how dangerous it is and the reckoning that it's currently going through. Yeah, I think we really need to talk about the culture because it's unlike any other culture in the world. It's very new. It's young people. There's no safeguards there. Mm -hmm. So Paradise is 24 and Jake Paul is also 24. So young. It's very young. And when you think about the fact that they came to fame in their teenage years and they haven't had like a normal childhood, Jake Paul and his brother, like they're making millions. They're all making millions, these YouTube So they have these big houses where they're living and they're working and it's like an ongoing frat party, but there's no campus police. There's no one you can go and talk to about anything that happens at those houses. Yeah, that's so interesting. You're talking about the houses because it's quite interesting to hear how these houses run. I think in the last year or so, you know, these houses have been really put on pedestals. It's it's houses that basically pull in, and we've spoken about it on the spill before, that pull in groups of young creators and they live in these mansions, often in LA, just because that's where the entertainment scene is. And they spend all their days creating content and they're in this kind of gang. And even I think like the New York Times did this huge interview piece with one of the houses. And I remember seeing an interview on Today Show in the the States. Like it's been really kind of put up as this new age creation kind of thing. But it's interesting to really hear in her allegations how these houses run and the similarities. But really 
the norms of the predatory practices that we're really aware of and the power imbalances that have existed for many years in the entertainment industry and the fact that they've kind of continued with this new age of celebrity entertainment. So the minute she said NDA, I was like, whoa, okay, NDA. Like I know that they're famous and I know that they're coming around to their houses. And of course they're signing NDAs, but it still caught me a little off guard. Even the way that she's talked about his stunted behavior and communication skills, she talks about him only texting her when they're in the same room, but not actually communicating verbally. You know, the fact that he grabs her and kisses her in front of people and that caught her off guard. And ultimately his maturity is so stunted because they're living in this artificial environment and there is absolutely no one to tell them no. And there's no real examples or leads of good behavior and respecting women. Yeah, I thought it was really interesting when she spoke about the way he was around her. Like he didn't seem to know how to communicate Mm. with her. He could talk to her via text. It reminded me of like when you meet a hot guy and they don't know how to communicate because they've never had to talk to girls. Girls They haven't had to try. Yeah, they haven't had to try and they're on Tinder. And this is like he's used to communicating on YouTube. Yes. Around his with his friends in that house. And he hasn't had normal like high school encounters and going to uni and going into the workforce where you learn to navigate how to communicate with people and make small talk and what you can say and what you can't say. And what's appropriate and isn't appropriate because whether or not the allegations are true, there's definitely like a clear pattern of predatory behaviour and it's hard to make that stuff up. Like it is really textbook and it's systemic. So there's people around them who enable that behaviour and the only rules they really have in place are to protect them. We saw it with Harvey Weinstein, Holly Madison, a you know, the former Playboy Bunny, we talked about her the other day, the interview that she did with podcast caller Daddy. And, you know, she talked about the different systems in place and how other girls would be there because they didn't want to have to have sex with him. They would go out and get girls for him. You know, that these systems kind of come out of abuse. And even this week, we spoke about actress Charlene Yee, who spoke about her experience on the Disaster Artist movie and her discomfort about the allegations against James Franco and her bravery of really labelling Seth Rogen as an enabler. But I kind of you have hope amidst all of this I guess in a weird way like we don't know really what repercussions this will or won't have on Justine's career and we have to remember that Jake Paul obviously has more power in the scenario he has the you know money to access the Hollywood lawyers who have trained for decades in this type of defense and know the loopholes and really how to discredit young women but the hope I have is that the next generation of women know that it's not their fault. And I think while Me Too didn't bring a flurry or an abundance of arrests, there were a lot of cancelling. We had, you know, one or two big high profile arrests, but it's really the awareness that I think is invaluable. And it took Justine a year and a half to come out and talk about her alleged experience with Jake Paul. And I think that that, if anything, is a good signal of change, that perhaps now there's enough education and it's out there and we know that we're not going to tear women down who make these allegations. We're going to go through the proper procedures and and see all the evidence and let it happen. But I feel like there's enough support there that women can come out and talk about it. I think so too. I mean, what you said with me too, there weren't a lot of arrests, but Mm. every single man in Hollywood now knows that if they're going to behave that way. Exactly. They're probably not going to get away with it. People are going to speak out. And if they have these things in their past, they're probably shitting themselves right now. And I think that'll be the same with the YouTube stars. I think once they've seen these three men go through this and there's got to be more accountability, there's going to have to be systems in place and safeguards going forward. Otherwise, 
the culture is going to eat itself. Well, thank you so much for listening to today's episode of The Spill. I saw that we got a couple more reviews the other day, and so I'm going to do another push to give us a review. It means that we get to show off in our Office Slack channel about some good feedback that we got. But more importantly, it means that more people will see our podcast, our audience will grow, and we can continue to do The Spill. This episode of The Spill was produced by Maddie Joanna with audio production by Leah Porges. We'll see you on mamamia.com.au. Bye. Bye. Mamma Mia acknowledges the traditional owners of the land we have recorded this podcast on, the Gadigal people of the Eora Nation. We pay our respects to their elders past and present and extend that respect to all Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander cultures.